Hi, this is David Harewood, and you are listening to Supergirl Radio. Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson, and since my usual co-host Morgan Glennon is out of town, I decided to invite one of our loyal listeners to join me for this week's discussion. So welcome to Supergirl Radio, new Rachel. Hey, thank you. I'm so glad you could join us. It's a very familiar name here on Supergirl Radio. You send us in lots of great feedback. (laughs) And so uh, we really appreciate you sharing your thoughts and being part of our little Supergirl Radio community here that we have in the podcast. So since we normally, when people come on to the podcast for the first time, we like to talk to them about their experience and their history with the character of Supergirl. So where did you first encounter the character? How did you first come to know her? Through the show, actually. um, I started watching during season one, um, like the first or second episode I watched live because I wanted to learn more about her. Um, I'd seen a lot of other superhero shows and um, I recently started getting into the comics but the show was the first place that I encountered Supergirl. So were you just into the Arrowverse shows and you were like, oh, well, they're going to make another one? No, I um, I had started, or um, I think I maybe watched the first episode of The Flash, but I had basic cable at the time and I didn't know that, um, I didn't know what the CW channel was because I'd always uh, grown up um, referring to it as the WB so I I recognized that CBS was a channel that I could watch, and so Supergirl was the first one that was accessible to me, and then I learned what the CW was. Ah, that's interesting. So it was actually beneficial for you uh, to for it to have been on CBS because it uh, was yeah. a more widely known uh, television network. So that is actually very interesting. Well, uh, I'm glad that you have connected with the character of Supergirl. And this is actually a pretty good, despite some of the show's flaws. And we'll talk some yeah. o- about some of those, uh, in this episode. Cause I have, <laughs> I have some critiques, <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, I think for the most part, uh, especially Melissa's Supergirl, uh, she's been so good in the role, and so I'm glad that oh, that yeah. is your first connection to the character. We haven't had a bad Supergirl yet, but uh, or at least in my opinion, I think they've all been excellent. Uh, but uh, I'm but I'm glad that Melissa's uh, Supergirl is the, is the one who introduced you to the character and and got you into her her world. So that's awesome. Well, great. 
Um, well, since uh, you came into the character talking about the show, let's actually talk about the show. Uh, so I'm very excited. You're 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 uh, well. You're not our first listener. We have had our Supergirl Radio legal consultants come on, <laughs> yeah. who have been great. But uh, you're you're not in a legal capacity here no. on this week's episode, so so this mm-hmm. is a little bit different <laughs> listener experience. Yeah, less pressure. Yes, no, you well, you're not going to have to outline constitutional law for us. Um, yeah. Uh, so, but I'm glad to have you on to chat with me about this episode. So let's get to talking about it. So we are going to discuss the season five episode of Supergirl titled Tremors. And here is the official description. Quote, Supergirl finally learns the truth about Lena while tangling with Leviathan. John Jones makes a discovery about his brother's whereabouts, unquote. So this did have uh, quite a significant uh, storyline for Supergirl in this episode. Sometimes these previous descriptions have mentioned Supergirl and she didn't really have <laughs> yeah. a big part in the episode. Uh, but this time around, it it this was a, an accurate description that Supergirl really did learn a big truth in this episode. So what did you think about Lena's road trip with Supergirl over to the Fortress of Solitude and everything that went down there? Oh, we're getting into it. <laughs> yes, we're just <laughs> going to get really, right into it. Just getting into the big, yeah. um, the big scene at the end. Or you can talk about whatever you want to. So, like, if you want to, if you want to talk about the the big scene there, the big climactic uh, discussion that Supergirl and Lena had. Let's let's talk about it. what it, what did you think? Who were you on somebody's side? Well, first off, I just want to know the layout of the Fortress of Solitude. Mm. Like it seems like um, every episode that we go to it, there's it's a different place. It's a big place. Yeah, <laughs> it's a fortress. Like the first time we saw it, it just seemed like a big room. Yeah, but we've seen more of it. As the series has gone on. Well, I, I guess Superman is just, you know, he's adding on. Constantly, he's, he's, yeah. He's, 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 he's having some renovations. He's mm-hmm. He's got a family now. He's got, yeah. he's got expanded out. There's know. some fights in there sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Some, sometimes the statues come alive in there. It's, you know, it's a, it's a thing that happens. Global warming, you yeah. know. Things happen. <laughs> so, so what did you think about um, Supergirl finally learning the truth about Lena and and what Lena was trying to, you know, tell her about her experience with the the secret identity and the lie and all that betrayal stuff? Oh yeah, yeah. What did you think about that? That was um, it was really heavy. I think that Katie and Melissa both did a really great job um, with all of that. Yeah, I was. Uh, I I went into it kind of on Supergirl's side a little bit because mm-hmm. she yeah same she did what she thought she had to do to protect Lena and I get that and then she was honest with Lena she came clean about it and uh she was feeling pretty good about their friendship she was glad that the weight had been lifted off of her and and she could finally be who she you know who she is with Lena and and Lena um I I I came to an I came into it on Supergirl's side, and then in this episode, Lena talked about what she had to do with Lex, and that kind of made oh. me stop and think a yeah. little bit because she basically tells, and I hadn't really thought about it in this way until this episode, but Lena thought she was protecting her friends, and mm-hmm. that's why she killed Lex. 
She murdered her brother in order to protect these people who betrayed her. And I can see, I have a brother. And that actually really, and I know Lex, Lex and my brother are not (laughs) anywhere close to the same person. (laughs) Yeah. Lex, Lex is not a great guy. We all know that. But when you think about it from Lena's point of view, that is her brother. That is someone who was close to her. She's known most of her life. Um, and she had some really cute moments with when they were growing up. They um, uh, apparently had some horseback riding adventures that sometimes oh, yeah. Lena would not go on with him. Mm-hmm. But uh, she was close to Lex. And mm-hmm. for her to actually have to murder her brother in order and and it was a, a fa- it was a facade it turned out like those people lied to her and she did it all for them and she ended up murdering her brother her own brother for that and that that made me kind of be like okay i lena's got a point here i thought it was really difficult to watch um her manipulating kara but i definitely can see how somebody would take her side yeah she was pretty manipulative she was uh she kind of um sort of fed a a line to supergirl because she she knew about the fortress going into and we'll talk about a little bit of the continuity gaff oh yeah right but uh but early on in the episode she knows about the fortress she had the fortress and then she sort of set Supergirl up at the DEO to reveal it. Mm-hmm. So there was right. a lot of manipulation that went on there. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and what did you think about Lena uh, going in there? She's surrounded by all, all of these weapons oh, that, gosh. Can, that can yeah. kill Kryptonians. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only does she steal Myriad... Uh, but, which is terrifying. Did we actually know what it looked like? I don't remember it looking like that. I'd have to rewatch season one. I don't think so. I just always thought of Myriad as some sort of program that was in a Kryptonian computer. Yeah. hmm Yeah, I was, I was surprised to see her actually pick it up. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's an object in the fortress? Yeah, I didn't recognize it, but... It makes sense why she would choose it. Yeah, it does kind of go on with her uh, do-no-harm plan, which is actually pretty harmful. (laughs) Yeah, as we saw last week. Yes, uh, the fact that she is wanting to control people's behaviors and and minds, and now she has the the Kryptonian version of that, it's pretty terrifying. But not only does she have the ability to control people's minds and turn them into zombies, she has trapped supergirl in the fortress of solitude with what looks like crypto she had like kryptonite veins in there yeah it it was like kryptonite gas i think um i thought um the first time that um when lee when um lena was trapped it didn't seem like there was anything like that It was just her in the ice but i think she might have added the kryptonite gas. Oh, when she reprogrammed it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, because initially it was just a, a program that was set to have a countdown and then it would do something offensively. I don't know what yeah. that, what Where that means. Where did she get the um, the thing to rewrite the, the computer? That's an excellent question. 
uh, because she just seemed to have something in there that would correspond to Kryptonian technology yeah. and know how to make it work. Uh, I know she's really smart, but that that was pushing it a little bit. Yeah. But it does seem like she knew how to operate it. And she even, um, she sort of played up some of the deceitfulness from Lena was that, for me, was that she played up oh, I'm a real geek. I'm excited about this tech. Yeah. And she made it seem like it was just a regular thing that she was excited about. And Supergirl sort of played along with it because she knew Lena was in yeah, science. Yeah, she didn't and, suspect anything. Yeah, and, and that's that's part of Kara's naivete, I guess, a little naivete, bit. yeah. That she... Um, that she uh, She's she assumed the best in Lena that Lena was just excited about sciencey things, uh, so she didn't expect that Lena would actually turn that Kryptonian tech on her. But yeah, I was I felt really terrible for Kara there at the end. Oh yeah, I hate it when they make me. Uh, I guess in some ways I'm glad they show me both sides, but it also really kind of makes me waver between the two because. At one point in the episode, I was really behind Kara. And then at some other point, I was like, well, Lena makes a really good point. That was a really bad thing to do, Kara. And then at the end, I felt so horrible for Kara. She's locked in this thing in the fortress. She's upset about what has happened with Lena, her friend. She thought they had made up. And now she's been left to kind of just either die or be frozen forever so who's who's going to get her out is she going to free herself well that's a good question we're i don't know how close we are to crisis so i don't i don't think superman yeah we're one episode away or like one episode and then crisis that's that's so that's what i thought so i don't think that it would be superman like did she leave the door open because the big key yeah. Yeah, that's... Do we, do, does she even have the key anymore, or is that something that we left behind to see in the well, CBS days? Well, I would hope that the, the big ginormous key is still there. I, I did... I, I That's a very special to me, because that is very, you know, straight out of the comics. So I, I would assume that the key is still there. If it is then they are in a little bit of trouble because the only other person... Well, is the door locked? I don't know. Well, I guess Martian Manhunter could probably get that yeah. key like, to work. Jean and Brainy can both fly. Jean is pretty strong. Martian Manhunter is pretty strong. So yeah, that I could see the justification for that. But the only other person really I know that could do it is Superman. So... We'll we'll see. Uh, I'm curious yeah. how they how they'll handle that. But it's a good question. So we uh, let me see if there's anything else about Supergirl and Lena I wanted to mention. Oh, Lena was ver- wearing a really nice jacket. Yes. So uh, would you like to uh, open up a boardroom or ballroom segment here uh, to talk about sure. Lena's uh, coat? <laughs> And now, Lena Luther, boardroom or ballroom? So what did you think about her coat? Because she needed it. Yeah, it was very stylish. Um, I don't remember... I, kn- I remember seeing how much it what it cost, um, but I don't remember how much. It was a lot of money. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure that was at least 
the bare minimum several several hundred is my guess. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's it was a nice code. She obviously needed it because the fortress is cold for uh, puny humans. Uh, <laughs> the Kryptonians don't yeah. seem to need it much. <laughs> Uh, but humans do need uh, an extra layer of clothing when they go to the Fortress of Solitude. I thought she looked really nice. I was glad to see that it was black. She was all black in this showdown yep. with Supergirl. Villain black. Villain yeah. black. But she does say in there, she says, I'm not a villain, and you shouldn't have treated oh, me like sure. Ooh, And that- underneath it was that nice purple suit. Like, she got another nice suit jacket set there so a little bit of like a luthorian purple underneath a yeah black jacket yeah that's see that's the kind of lena luther wardrobe i'm about i'm into that stylish yeah yeah i also liked her curly hair from the first scene she had yeah she had her uh, you talking about the one with uh hope yeah yeah i have so many questions about that scene uh just as a side note uh, hope does Hope live there? I that was my question. Are they roommates? <laughs> Is that what's yeah. happening? I I think that's what's <laughs> happening. I think she's taken Hope home. <laughs> Does Hope where is Hope sleeping? <laughs> I guess Lena has an extra room and she just invited her robot friend over to spend the night. I guess I guess that's what's what's happening now. Um but I'm I'm glad you brought that up cuz I that was my question. I was like, are they roommates? Is, is this is this a thing? Um but uh I I noticed that in um and this has been kind of like my hair theory for Lena for a while, but when she's in that scene at the beginning with Hope in the apartment, she has her hair down, the curly scene with her hair down. So I just think it's really interesting that a lot of times lately, and I, I I haven't been tracking it as much as I should, and probably nobody cares about this but me, but usually when she's like evil Lena mode, her hair goes up in a ponytail. Oh, yeah. And I think that's really interesting to to kind of, it, it sort of makes me think about, um, so Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman Oh, yeah. uh, usually when um, Diane, when she's Diana Prince, her hair is up. But when she's Wonder Woman, her hair is down. So it's kind of that thing that just, you know, I don't know. I like that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's like with Kari's glasses. When she has them off, she's more vulnerable um, with people because um, they know who she really is. Right. And when she has her glasses on, she's a Kara Danvers. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that stuff is really cool. And I like that they... Uh, seem to have a real consistent vibe for that. So, yeah, I mean, good points all around about Alina's uh, wardrobe and hairstyle, and I thank you for contributing to uh, this week's boardroom or ballroom. And this has been Lena Luther, boardroom or ballroom. But yeah, I really loved that line about uh, "I'm not a villain. You shouldn't have treated me like one." Uh, that was that was probably the best yeah. line in the episode for me. Uh, I thought that that was really well written and delivered. And uh, there was even a line that Lena said. Uh, so Supergirl tells her, "You're a good person," and Lena says, "You don't ever get to tell me who or what I am again." Ooh, that yeah. was that was another great line. So they had they had a, a great back and forth, a real emotional 
push and pull yeah. between and the two. Yeah, and we got to hear more of her Irish accent. It came out a little bit more, yeah. I think maybe Yeah, when especially she... when she was shouting about killing Lex. Yeah, oh yeah. But she calls herself a fool, yeah. Katie got to really um, let loose in this one. Melissa did a really great job of reacting to oh, it. Oh, yeah. Um, Melissa's really good at that. Like, she can um, she is. really take that emotion that Kara should be feeling and really, really show it. And uh, Katie did a great job of just kind of letting her have it. And uh, that I, I really enjoyed that. I thought those were the, the best scenes in the episode for me personally. Um, so yeah. I, I was glad to see this. I was surprised that it came in episode seven. Yeah. It seemed a little early for it. I don't, I don't know about you, but I, mm-hmm. I thought they I were mean, my we're getting close to the mid-season finale and things potentially changing in a big way. So Oh, that's true. That's true. Things might be impacted by crisis, so I guess they needed to get it out before that happened. Yeah, who know? Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, with, with I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, do you have any other thoughts um, before we move on from uh, Supergirl and Lena? Well, I was looking to see if the Legion Ring was in the fortress uh, because because we haven't seen it um, in when we went there in season four. But I was just curious to see if it was there, and I don't think I saw it. Well, it might not have been in that room inside the fortress, because the room that we saw, I think, was just of weapons that could harm Kryptonians. And I also thought the um, the tiny gun was funny. Yes, uh, very <laughs> disturbing. Uh, yeah. Uh, I I hope Supergirl washed her hands after that. Uh, it was a, yeah. a little gross, uh, but it was it was a very humorous moment in the episode. Um, I guess the only thing I would mention is that Supergirl uses uh, this. Uh, what did she call it? A a polyphasic quantum processor that's inside oh, the fortress. Yeah. She uses it to get information about Ramakan who uh, comes from a sister planet of Krypton known as Jarhanpur, which was destroyed after years of civil wars, and five of that planet's leaders led, and one of which is Rama Khan, who has the power to bend Earth to his will. So I guess that leads us into, and of course he he does show up in the fortress, and he throws Supergirl around like a rag doll, which was very shocking. Uh, but I guess that could lead us into talking about him and Leviathan. So what did you yeah. think about what we learned about Leviathan in this episode? I don't know a lot about Leviathan. I did listen to your character spotlight on them. Uh, but I'm just really waiting for more information. Well, this is this is a very different Leviathan uh, yeah. from from what we discovered in the comics. Um, and... Uh, I'm still, I'm still hoping that my girl, the silencer, shows up. Uh, they, had, <laughs> she was. Wasn't like, she on Arrow? Was though? she? Yeah, I think she was in a couple episodes of season seven. What? Um, yeah, she appeared at the. I think. Yeah, the very beginning. Um, I think I saw a casting announcement for her. Well, I'm gonna have to look that up. Because she yeah. was she was very prominent in those Leviathan stories, and nobody talks about her. Um, but uh, yeah, so this this seemed to be a little bit of a different take on Leviathan in terms of uh, Leviathan being an organization that's been around since uh, 
since, quote, the beginning. Yeah, how far back does that go? I assumed the beginning of... Recorded history? Recorded history. Uh, in, in my personal worldview, that's like the creation of everything. You know, yeah. The Big Bang, if you will, the singularity. Right. Um, so that's that's how I interpreted it because he he even he even says something about his ship as big as an asteroid wiped out the dinosaurs. So they've been yeah. around a long time. And there was a mention of Noah's flood. It reminded me a lot of uh, Raz or Raish, if you will, Al Ghul, and how um, he's sort of been around uh, for long periods of time, and he's been uh, keeping an eye on things and been a part of history. I think even um, Vandal Savage is a character who's also oh, right, like that. yeah. Um, so he he had some of those similarities. Ramakan did. Um, he he had been around. Uh, they mentioned Antioch five twenty six A D. I didn't get a chance to really look into that and look up. Yeah, that me neither. Uh, so mm-hmm. if you're listening to this and you have a lot of knowledge about some of these historical events, please write in at superhoradio@gmail.com. Share your thoughts on it. They mentioned Pompeii. Uh, the Yellow River Flood of 1887, the Bola Cyclone, and of course Noah's Flood, as you mentioned. Um, yep. So, so I, I thought that it was a cool historical connection, but it seemed uh, like a retread of some other characters we've encountered in, in the Arrowverse yeah. before. Mm-hmm. So that part of it I didn't like, but his powers are unique. What did you think about yeah. his ability to to bend Earth and uh, ca- cause Earth earthquakes? Well, first of all, I like that it was referred to as Earth bending. Um, I don't know if you got the reference there. I, I know there is a, a, a video game series. No, that's Airbender is what I'm thinking of. Well, yeah, the um, the series is Avatar: The Last Airbender, and like. Um, there are people who can manipulate uh, the four elements. And, um, ah. yeah, so the earthbenders are one of the... There's firebenders, waterbenders, airbenders, and earthbenders. So I wonder if they're... Oh, is that why there are five of the leaders of this band? I think so. Do uh, you think that we'll get to see them? I hope so. I mean, now that you've told me that these other people probably uh, have these cool powers, I kind of yeah. I kind of hope so. Because I think that's probably what it is. If it is a tank yeah, uh, that's Yeah, so if they're, connected. like, the leaders of Leviathan, or, like, if they're the heads of Leviathan who can manipulate the elements, I think that would be really interesting to see. I wasn't really crazy about Ramakan. I didn't think he was, like, that great of a character, but now... Yeah, I didn't know what to think of Now it. you have uh, piqued my interest a little bit. I'm curious to see how that'll play out. And... He his his friend did not get a name, but we yeah. know she has one. Um, mm-hmm. Although I don't know exactly how to pronounce it, I gave it my yeah. best shot with Gemini. But uh, yeah, I was thinking it was uh, Gememne. Gememne, because it reminded it, it reminded me of Agamemnon uh, ah. from Iliad. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll we'll go with that. That sounds a lot better than what I was trying to say. I was I was kind of bummed that they didn't actually say her name out loud. And yeah, the even the old the old Leviathan lady got a name. Yeah, Margo. But, Margo. I was yeah. not ex- I was not expecting Margo. I'm glad she has a name, but I don't yeah, know. instead of reference to Margo Kidder. Ah, uh, could be a Margo Kidder reference. Definitely could be. Um, yeah. I'm kind of bummed though about the old lady Leviathan agent because. Now she just seems like a like a, a like low, a normal person. Yeah, like like somebody who doesn't really matter. Like she's just kind of one of their pawns. Yeah, and I don't know. It was kind of cool that this like 
older lady was in charge and and powerful and, yeah and now she just kind of seems like eh. i still feel like we haven't seen the true leader of leviathan yet but we'll see yeah they sort of made it out like ramakan and whatever her face is um it made it seem like they were the big honchos of leviathan but i don't know i don't know what's going on there because i that would that would disappoint me if they were the the leaders of Leviathan, because I kind of like yeah. I kind of like the mystery. I want to keep the mystery up. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how that goes down. Um, and uh, they talk about the goal of wanting to stop people who disrespect the planet. So there's some ecological stuff happening, which actually played into the um, Akrata origin story in the comics that we talked oh. about here on Supergirl yeah. Radio. There was a lot of. Um, environmental stuff that was happening in that issue so i wonder if 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 a crata would would somehow play into that but i i don't know so it was interesting that they were um big i guess that's the 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 topical messaging of this season is going to be environmental aspects along with the technology yeah wasn't astra also concerned about um like people ruining the planet yeah because i think that she thought that yeah earthlings wouldn't take care of it and so she wanted to control everybody so that everybody would kind of do what she wanted them to do so yeah i think there are a lot of villains um uh there's a guy i follow on twitter sunny bunch he's a like a a film critic i forget which outlet he's with but he, he he's made the joke that like the best villains are environmentalists uh, and so his his theory seems to pan out quite a lot yeah actually and so Sounds so like it. so it's a uh, i mean he he even mentions um oh my gosh why am i blanking on uh arthur curry's brother's name oh um ocean master ocean master but what is his name uh, orm orm uh, yes, orm. Uh, yeah. orm orm is kind of like that and so it just the uh, his, I'm like his theory is just, he's he's batting a thousand. It's just yeah. <laughs> so um, so that's it seems to be another environmentalist villain that's happening in this season. Uh, but yeah, so I'm 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 curious as to where this goes with Leviathan because it was cool to get to see their headquarters. We got to learn yeah. more about their history. Yeah, I'm wondering how that works, um, how the security system works, and also how Alex and Brainy got out of there afterwards. So we didn't see that. That's an excellent question. Um, because <laughs> they went down in there, but yeah. we didn't see them come up. Um, I guess we're just going to assume that they, maybe they went back out the way they came. I don't know. Yeah, like they redirected it so that it went somewhere else. Possibly. I did, yeah. think, I did think it was clever that the elevator had some sort of cloaking technology because initially when uh, they just opened up the door and walked in, I was like, what is this? You're really going to let random people into your headquarters? <laughs> yeah. This super secret, <laughs> like uh, immortal organization. <laughs> yeah. It's just going to let people Not walk very in. Smart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but once we learned that they had cloaking technology, I was like, okay, well, at least they've thought this through. I still think they probably should have locked their doors, but eh, what do they care, I guess? Yeah, right. Um, and I thought it was neat that even though it was probably a little bit too convenient, uh, Brainy had that 
dust from the right. National City tar pits that activated Yeah, the... that was interesting. I didn't know what to think of that. Yeah, well, I guess that's only something that Brainy would come up with. Because right. only Brainy would realize that that, <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that had yeah, any kind of significance. Yeah, put that together. And, and speaking of Brainy, um, I'm curious about your thoughts. Uh, we saw him in, in when he was sort of piecing together Leviathan's location and figuring out that uh, the headquarters were in National City. Um, he, has a, he has a scene where his his inhibitor goes away and so like he's he's yeah he's like talking fast and uh he's saying super smart things um so i guess i couldn't remember uh, why does he have an inhibitor i don't know it's never been brought up before but i'm really curious about it i'm just wondering if he um he put that in himself and then like when would he have done that and or if somebody would have done that to him, like was it without done without his consent, or um, was it before he um, joined the Legion or afterwards or while he was in the twenty first century? I don't know. Okay, so this was not something that had previously been addressed on the show. No. Okay, that's that's what I was confused about because I was like, did I forget? Yeah, he didn't. He's never talked about it before. Okay, that makes me feel better because I thought I had forgotten something. I was like, "What? Yeah. I don't understand. What is this?" Mm-hmm. Uh, so okay, uh, well that that does make me feel better. Yeah, I really liked those scenes, though. Yeah, it was neat to see. Uh, I I like getting to see and and Jesse plays this so well. I, he I li- does. Uh, I love the, I love him so much. I love how he plays Brainy so much. Yeah, he he goes through all of those. Uh, those those thought processes very quickly and uh yeah. very intentionally and i i think he does such a good job of kind of going in and out of those thoughts so it, it's it's neat to see when when brainy actually gets to to be brainy yeah i know like it it's really weird that we haven't seen that much of that side of him but I mean, I hope that this stays so we get to see more. Yeah, I think it's it's cool to actually because he's part. I mean, he's part computer, so it's kind of yeah. it's kind of neat. It's neat to see him sort of bring out that that techie side of him, that computerized side of him. So yeah. I, I, anytime they do that, I, I really enjoy that. So do you think that's going to give him an advantage in crisis? Possibly. I mean, he'll he'll definitely be able to help them with things. I don't know exactly um, what techno. Well, he may be able to help them stop the anti-monitor. I don't know exactly what the powers are that they're going to give because i mean I, I never know with the airverse because they they take liberties with a lot of things <laughs> yeah so who knows who knows how they're going to play that stuff up but brainy is always very needed he's he's very smart yep. and he can he can help strategize and he can help tell people um the the best ways to approach things so he'll definitely be um a, a big player in crisis oh yeah um, I was also wondering if this could have anything to do with uh, Megan Rat's character, who's supposed to be, um, according to Instagram, uh, showing up in a few episodes. Oh, that's good to know. We we knew that she had been cast as sort of a mm-hmm. female brainy. Apparently, she's supposed to be in episode 10. Okay. So, yeah, I'm wondering um, 
if this has anything to do with her. It could. I could see this become a part of a storyline for him. So that that actually would be pretty. Yeah. Um, yeah, I hope he does get a story get a bigger storyline with that. Yeah, I think that would that would be cool. I'd be I'd be into learning more about Brainiac 5 cuz Oh, sure. Everybody yeah. has everybody has kind of had a backstory, but yeah. but, but Brainy. Exactly. It's really disappointing, but I yeah, he does a great job with what he's given. Yeah, that is very true. Uh, he's always enjoyable to watch. Um so I guess we kind of talked about Leviathan and we talked a little bit about Brainy. I guess yep. um, the the next big thing in well, and I guess since we're talking about Brainy while we're here, um, since he's connected to the DEO, I guess we could go ahead and uh, talk yeah. talk about Alex and Kelly. So, what did you think about what what they were going through with their relationship in this episode? I honestly was worried that they were going to break up. It seemed like it. Yeah, when Kelly was talking about how she couldn't do some she couldn't handle Alex going out into the field again yeah and I I can understand why she uh feels that way because she has she has had that uh traumatic experience from her past where she's lost a loved one in a similar uh, situation but uh but I don't know I it, part of me is like, uh, but her sister is Supergirl. But then I also wonder, does Kelly even yeah, know that? I, yeah, I don't think she does. Because I think, and maybe this is just me speculating and reading into things, but I, I would assume that if Kelly knew that Alex's sister was Supergirl, she'd probably yeah. feel a little better. <laughs> she wouldn't be as worried. So maybe Alex will tell her because... Um, because of this. Yeah, I mean, right now, it's kind of not a great time because Kara is currently uh, trapped in an ice sculpture (laughs) at the Fortress of Solitude, but but typically, Supergirl could help her if needed. Yeah, I'm sure she'll find out soon. Yeah, I, they haven't really addressed that either about whether or not Kelly knows that Kara is Supergirl, so... Uh, I think that is something that could potentially help their relationship because Kelly does seem to really struggle with this part of um, their relationship and how she has these fears about what's going to happen to Alex. Um, so we'll 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 see how how that shakes down. But I like you, I I was I was a little worried, but then also thought they're not going to break them up. I mean, this no, is, this is not no. they're the healthiest relationship on the show. I, I appreciate them trying to give them a conflict story-wise, but it also is kind of superficial because I know they're not going to break them up. So it's like, why do, right. I, why do I even worry or get invested in this? Um, but I thought the acting was good. I thought oh, yeah. uh, uh, Ozzy Tespai did a, a really great job in this episode uh, specifically. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's good to, good to see her uh, be able to... Um, uh, spread her wings and uh, sh- uh, yeah. shine in terms of her acting ability. Was she supposed to be at work? Was she supposed to be at Obsidian Tech? Well, I mean, they're they they typically should have uh, normal jobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe 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 it's nine to five. Maybe they Is have it after hours? hours. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe maybe they got flex time. Maybe uh, she can take a longer lunch. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's why we didn't see Nia. Or um, Andrea or William. I am assuming they are hard at work doing yeah. their jobs like yep. they should be mm-hmm. <laughs> while everybody yeah. else is shirking their responsibilities <laughs> and their jobs. Yeah. 
Although for Alex and Brainy, it is their job. This so. is this is true. Uh, so I guess we could talk about another relationship dynamic on the show, which is Jean and his brother Malefic. So, oh yeah. So we've seen uh, their dynamic for several episodes now. Uh, what what did you think about how um, how this played out and what Jean had to do in order to uh, to get his brother back? Yeah, um, I thought that. Um, well, we got to see Mirren again, which was interesting. Yeah, I have lots of questions about uh, how he is even a thing. Is this the monitor testing Jean, or is this just a manifestation of Jean's mind, or I don't know if he can do that. I would understand if it was like, okay, his father comes back in his mind to give him some reassurance or something like that. But yeah, but, but Marin came back specifically and was like, uh, your brother's across. He's like, he knows stuff. Yeah. Like, there's how something does, up with that. How does he know things? How did, yeah. Yeah. I had like, so that's many That's why I thought it was the monitor. That seemed awfully convenient that his dead father who, yeah. uh, appears in his mind would know that his brother Malefic uh, was in National City, and he was a prisoner. He mm. knew all of that. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm glad uh, someone else had that question, too, because I... Yeah, it was confusing. Because I can buy it when characters, you know, dead characters come back, and they're, you know, they appear appear to someone who, who loved them to, to give them advice. Like, for example, and I know I bring it up all the time, but it's just a great oh. example for many things. But in Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice... Oh, yeah. Jonathan right. Kent comes back, you know, Clark yep. Clark goes up the mountain and has his Garden of Gethsemane moment, and he uh, he he sees who he thinks is his father, and it turns out it's like a an hallucination, a, a dream, um, but his father gives him advice that he thinks about. And so I can kind of buy when stories do that, but when... Yeah, but <laughs> when, this is something that Jean could not possibly know. Yeah, so I don't know, maybe I'll just go so with it like it's... Very confusing yeah i mean maybe it's maybe it's martian martian stuff i don't understand yeah but it did seem awfully convenient that that happened um what did you think about so so jean has to really open himself up and be vulnerable to malefic like he he, yeah. he could possibly die and be murdered by his brother if he opens himself yeah. up but he takes that chance what did you think about that yeah i really liked that it was very, um, like, um, with Kara and Lena, it was a very powerful scene. I was not surprised that Jean would do it because he's, he's brave and he's willing yeah. to go the extra mile for, for people. Um, and he, ba- he basically only had two options. Uh, uh, Marin tells Jean, banish your brother once and for all or save his soul. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so Jean made the right choice to, to save yeah. his soul. Um, I mean, this is a show about redemption and people um, getting a chance to be good. Yeah, and so I'm glad that happened, even though I'm a little frustrated because it's like we went through this whole thing and yeah. he, he quickly, he, he made a quick turn to the to the good. I feel like it's that story isn't over yet. Uh, yeah, I hope so. It just felt a little too quick. Like, I don't mind him saving his brother because Jean, Jean caused a lot of that to happen. Yeah. And so he made it right by making things uh, better for his brother. But it did seem a little too convenient that right after 
Malefic sees all that stuff, he reaches out his hand and they they hug each other. I was also wondering if um, if Jean recognized that he was in Lena's lab because I'm pretty sure he's been there before uh, in season three. So did he know where Malefic was being held? That seems right because uh, Jean, I think, was there when all of that rain business was happening. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he just knew it was some lab, but I don't know. Marin, Marin seemed to know exactly where he was though. Right. So did, so did ghost mind Marin say, Hey, he's at Alina Luther's lab. I don't know. Yeah. Like he just sent Jean there. No. Um, but Jean didn't know. I was just wondering if he recognized it after he got there and like looked around to see like, oh, I know where this is. Well, I mean, that w- that would be something I would want to know. Someone has been keeping my brother prisoner. Who is this person? Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but he he never. We don't get to see him ask those kinds of questions or inquire no. about that. So, uh, right. Maybe 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 next episode we'll we'll get to see that. The one big thing that really stuck out to me that sort of made me uh, really kind of, I don't want to say agitated, but I was like, come on, just pick one. So there's there's a line where Marin, uh, he's, he's talking to John, John, and he says, there is no such thing as right or wrong. There is only peace in one's heart. And in, yeah. the, in the very next scene after that line, uh, Lena says uh, about this gun, she says it was designed for evil, but perhaps we can use it for good. That is confusing. Yeah, yeah I'm used to, you know, especially, you know, on Supergirl Radio, we talk quite a bit about the contradictions of the show, that they set up one thing and then they totally contradict themselves in another episode. Well, this one, they contradicted themselves in the very next scene. So this yeah. is this is a really next level, to qu- quick, fast turnaround <laughs> for the show yeah. contradicting itself, because and I guess this is because I, in my personal time, I'm kind of a nerd about stuff. Like I like to study, um, I, I try to read as much C.S. Lewis as I can. I like to talk about philosophy and theology, and so when they say there is no right or wrong, um. It makes me question, why am I even watching this superhero TV show? Because in the genre of superheroes, there are good guys and there are bad guys. So if there's no right or wrong, then nobody's a bad guy. The bad guy could be right, because that's what the bad guy says. He could could be right. So if you don't have a standard of right or wrong, how do you know who's the good guy and who's the bad guy? So I was like, well... uh, there's no point in any of this. Why does Supergirl put on that suit if there's no right or wrong? Uh, so I, I don't know. I just thought that was really funny. They say there there is no right or wrong, but then Lena the, in the very next scene uh, suggests that there is good and evil. There is right and wrong. I thought that line was realistic coming from Marin because of who he is as a person. But I can, I can see why that would be confusing well i like the addition there that you know there's peace in one's heart i think that is a very marin thing to say because it does fit with him yeah because he is a character who who um who cares a lot about peace and being at peace and um he is a spiritual character i mean the martians are shown praying a lot 
um, and really caring about, you know, Haranmir, their god. But it just it just drove me crazy. I was like, what? Just pick pick one. There either is no right or wrong, or there is right and wrong. You can't yeah. contradict yourself in the next scene. <laughs> it drives me crazy when they do this. So I guess um, uh, is there anything before we start kind of wrap up our uh, overall thoughts about the episode? Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? I just really liked the Alex and Brainy scenes in general because. That's probably one of my favorite um, platonic relationships on the show. Yeah, they have uh, formed a little bit of a, a, a good team dynamic. They work really well yeah. together. Like they were concerned about each other. And uh, Alex seems to be able to handle him a little more. Uh, yeah. So sometimes she still has to remind him, like, just be cool. Don't be weird. But yeah, they they found their rhythm. Yeah, I think that I think they've been uh, the two actors have been doing a good job of kind of steadying out that, that oh, yeah. relationship and that dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I've read a few interviews uh, with Jesse Rath where he speaks highly of Kyler um, and how she carries the show her, carried the show especially last year when Melissa was doing Broadway. Um, and I feel like that shines through in their scenes. Yeah, yeah. I think she's uh, she's definitely become, a, I, I would assume, I'm not there, I'm not an actor, I'm not on the show, but she she does seem to be a leader in the cast, and I think that's great. Yeah. Well, um, so what are your overall thoughts on Tremors? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Are you uh, kind of middle of the road? Where do you stand on it? I really liked it. Um, I wasn't, like you, I wasn't really excited about uh, Ramakan, I thought that was kind of just a, a story to keep the plot moving. But other than that, um, the scenes with Kara and Lita were really strong and uh, anchored the episode. And there was some other good stuff like Brainy scenes as well. Yeah, I would echo a lot of that. Uh, the Leviathan thing, I was kind of interested in. The Ramakan connection to it, not as much. Yeah. Uh, the Jean and Malefic stuff has gotten kind of... Oh, right, yeah. It's gotten kind of boring, so I'm kind of not as interested in it as it yeah. once was. But the but the Lena Kara stuff in the fortress that that was the good stuff. So oh yeah, uh, it was not my favorite episode, but it did have some good moments in it. Yep. Well, I guess uh, that's going to do it for our discussion. But let's find out what uh, our listeners had to say about Tremors. So, new Rachel, if you would uh, please read some tweets for us. All right. So we got a tweet from at Mark HBPWM who says. So they remembered Myriad and Astra just to point out that they're redoing the same plot, only doubled with Lena and Leviathan. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. And also, um, yeah, Kara uh, mentioned that um, Astra and Non created Myriad, but she didn't mention Indigo, which I thought was weird. That's a, that's a really, that's a shame because Indigo really had some good hand acting. And I think we should yeah. all, I think we should all remember that. Remember her and her, her great hand acting when you think about season one. Um, he continues with, and we got to see the real Brainy. Um, I fear Malefic is not long for the show since the monitor brought him out of the Phantom Zone to test John, and that's over. Yeah, I mean, if they're wrapping up uh, Malefic's story, then that might be it. But at SL Fricky said, did Kara forget her I don't kill stance when she heat fissioned a hole right through the stomach of the surprisingly Caucasian Ramakan? And, um... They also have a uh, hope acronym, hope hardly occurring peripheral entity. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Thank you, SL Fricky, for continuing to send that in. I know Morgan is going to be very happy when she hears that. Uh, <laughs> you've really you've knocked it out of the park <laughs> yeah. in every episode. Um, I thought that too about Supergirl heat visioning him. Uh, she went straight for the stomach. She yeah. had. Did she know? Yeah, I guess she didn't know that he could. I don't know. Did he have healing abilities, or just was he connected to the earth and that? fixed him up i don't know well it just seemed like how was she to know that he would survive that yeah so she she heat visioned him with uh without knowing like i don't know it just seemed like she was straight trying to kill him uh so right. that was uh that was a little concerning yeah uh, at Sony Rawat 1997. Uh, at, oh, sorry, I should have told you. Um, uh, they told us it was actually Sony Rawat with a B. Rawat. Okay. 1987 said, "Boy, that episode was a lot. Lena's speech was really heartbreaking. But are we supposed to believe that she hacked that machine with two presses of a button? How advanced are Kryptonians? Poor Kara got trapped in her own home, but is really bad considering she is claustrophobic." And I thought about that, and that was really sad. Yeah, she does have that um, sort of claustrophobia because of her situation with being in the pod. Uh, so, yeah, that that probably will bring some of that back. Uh, at Yoda76547 said, I mentioned to my family on Twitter that from the first episode of the season, it seemed like they were doing Easter egg throwbacks to season one. And in every episode so far, they've had bits and pieces here, and this week to throw back to Myriad again. Um, at Patty, Patty Mello 20 said, I have no more tears. <laughs> what a great confrontation between Lena and Kara. I was not ready for that, but it was amazing to watch. I felt Lena's pain in my bones, especially after all we learned from last week's episode. I still believe in her, and I hope Kara fights for her soul. Uh, at DJ Writer said, Powerful episode. Uh, at Electra WF, WWF, hey, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> one of my friends. Um <laughs> Uh, I love that we got full-on 12th-level intellect Brainy this week. I agree. Uh, he's one character whose backstory I would love to see. Same. Uh, we've gotten a few hints on a dark path. His mother most definitely did not raise him right, etc. Uh, but he deserves a whole episode dedicated to his story. I um, agree. Yeah. Uh, at ALDU said, the I'm not a villain, you shouldn't have treated me like one, line killed me. Thinking about the times in the past when Kara as Supergirl was hostile towards Lena, her basically just being a Luthor makes so much sense that from Lena's point of view, she sees their friendship as something dishonest. Uh, at Chase Aphrodite said, what a performance from Katie McGrath. Or Katie McGrath, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, so- yeah, I, I, I say Katie McGrath. It's like, yeah. it's basically, uh, you say it without the TH. Uh, someone give an Emmy to this woman. I agree. Um, I felt my heart breaking. The best moment in the whole series so far, hands down. Wow, that's that's strong words. Uh, at VH451 said, best episode of the season so far. Two great emotional scenes, Kara and Lena in the Fortress of Solitude, uh, Jean and Malefic's reconciliation. It's going to be a long two weeks before the next episode. Oh, I didn't, I forgot about that. Uh, happy early Thanksgiving. Yeah, next week uh, f- for uh, people here in the United States is Thanksgiving, so I think they're taking a week off. Right. Uh, yeah. So, so that would make sense. Uh, so we'll we'll if, if that if that is the case, Supergirl Radio will be taking uh, a break. We won't. All right. have, We won't have an episode. So we'll, yeah, we'll we'll break with the show. Uh, last tweet from at Kagemeyer. 
who said it broke my heart seriously melissa and katie deserve awards well uh we received tweets from at d underscore shillamons and at danvers girls and an email from gabriel so thank you all for uh sending this in uh to let us know that the lex luther scene and confidence women uh was actually part of a deleted scene from season four's the house of l this is also why they are standing up Thank you for letting me know about that because I thought it was weird. Since the first part of this scene uh, shows them having a conversation on the floor. S- still, even even then, why yeah. are, why are they on the floor? <laughs> like I get that it's yeah. part of part of the earlier deleted scene, but still, get a chair. It's fine. Uh, but in the episode uh, uh, Confidence Women, they only showed the last part of that deleted scene. And uh, I was also told that the Jack Sphere. Um, shout out was in the original scene so that's good to know i thought maybe they just added the the jack part of that in to coincide with the confidence woman but it seemed like it was uh completely from a deleted scene so that is very interesting uh so thank you all for doing uh uh, for sending in that feedback because i don't keep up with uh the deleted scenes as much as i used to Uh, so thank you very much elizabeth wrote in to say uh, quote, I've been thinking about where Kara is going to go from here, and my bet is that Kara is going to just redouble her efforts to prove herself to Lena. But what they really needed was to just was just to have a talk about it, which is what Alex should have told her to do. Should have questioned more about why Kara was being so extra <laughs> about flying around the world for lunch, about offering to rob a government facility on a whim, and we know Alex is capable of thinking this deeply. Uh, but I suppose we're just going to blame the oversight on her new relationship with Kelly distracting her. Well, I mean, Alex Alex did give Cara the advice to, to talk to Lena earlier on in the season. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I, I do think that there is something to that she might be distracted by her relationship with Kelly. That There's probably something to that. Well, John wrote in to say, quote, so let me get this straight. Alex calls Supergirl when they find the Leviathan house, but she never shows up because Lena has trapped her in the fortress. And at the end of the episode, is Alex concerned that Kara is missing? Nope. She's more worried about saving her relationship with Kelly. Why do the writers of this show always mess up with Alex with all of this relationship drama? I remember in season two when Mr. Mixjess Pitalik was terrorizing National City and Alex spent the whole episode trying to get Maggie to like Valentine's Day. Not sure if Alex is fit to run the DEO if she neglects her family and job every time she has a bump in her love life. Maybe we need to get Director Bones <laughs> on the job, unquote. Um, well, John, I, I definitely, I would be up for some Director Bones, always yeah. uh, and forever. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I think um, it, it's tough because sometimes I, I don't think the show means for Alex to come across like she's not. Yeah, no, of course not. She's but. she's not paying attention, but it does, I will grant you that it does sort of look like that when the stories sort of unfold. Yeah, I hope we get more scenes with Alex and Kara. Yeah, we haven't gotten a ton this season. When was the last time we had a couch scene? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, Daryl writes... Quote, I've been waiting for this episode since the very beginning of the season. I've wanted Lena to tell Supergirl that she is known far before Kara's reveal. The emotion from both of them was so palpable. I remain on Team Lena because while Supergirl does make good points, lying to your best friend never turns out well, and now she will earn the price of it. Don't get me wrong, I do not, or I do want the fight for Lena's soul to be won by the good guys, but if it's not, I know what side I am on, unquote. They just need to be friends. 
Just put aside yeah. your, your differences. I've had this situation yeah. where I've disagreed with friends. And you know what? Sometimes we just agree to disagree. Yeah. And we Maybe they just need a crisis to <gasps> to get them on the same side. Well, wouldn't that be fitting? Yeah. Uh, what, are, what are the odds? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, Dylan writes in to say, quote, The hope for Lena comes uh, courtesy of her cosmic adventures in the eighth grade incarnation. It would seem that the writers may have drawn some inspiration for this storyline. Let's hope TV Lena also realize it, uh, realizes it is Lex, not Kara, who is her true enemy, unquote. That's that's a good point, Dylan. I, it's been a while. I've read Cosmic Adventures in the 8th grade, but it's been a I while. I haven't. So it's, uh, it's been a hot minute for me since I've read that, but uh, it makes me want to go read it again. It was actually a really cute story. Um, but then when... When you write the hope for Lena, it seems like a double, a double yeah. meaning there, because uh, because I want to read that as like hope, hope the AI, hope yeah. the AI robot who is uh, now apparently living so in her good. apartment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so thanks for uh, sharing that about Cosmic Adventures. Uh, Leslie, one of the Supergirl Radio legal consultants, uh, wrote in to say, "quote Given that I am a huge Supergirl slash Kara fan." And not so much a Lena fan, I was less than thrilled for the turn of events in Tremors. But I guess it'll all work out quickly with everyone, including Lex and Lena in Crisis. Then that would mean the turnaround in Kara's and Lena's friendship would be as fast as Kara and Monel's relationship, the turnaround in one episode at the end of the musical crossover in season two. Ooh. It's true, uh, though. Yeah, I've been rewatching season two. It's rough. <laughs> um. <laughs> It would be nice if Kara learned something from her experience with Lena. Kara can continue to always hope for the best, but be, pre- pre- be prepared for the worst. Everyone at the DEO, and especially Kara, has a huge blind spot, spot when it came to Lena, unquote. That's a good point, and I think part of that was probably because Kara thought so much of Lena. Like, if, yeah. if Kara thinks Lena is, is uh, a good Luther and that she's her best friend, then everybody else is going to be like, cool, Lena's cool. You know, Carr's yeah. friend is our friend. So, that I mean, that's what yeah. I assume anyway. Well, uh, Natalia, and I hope that I pronounced that right, sent us an email saying, quote, not usually one to write in, but for this week's Supergirl episode titled Tremors, I found there were a lot of continuity errors. Uh, and so this is, we sort of mentioned this earlier on, but uh, right. this would be a good place to talk about it. So Natalia says, uh, it didn't affect my initial viewing, but on rewatch, they did bother me. So number one, the built-in security measures in the Fortress of Solitude's entrance. Lena and Lena, uh, Lillian and Lena have both <laughs> been to... Two Lenas. To, I mean, yeah. double the Lena. So... <laughs> Yeah, Lillian and Lena have both been to the fortress before in the season two episode Resist. So the explanation that would make sense is that Clark programmed it before he left for Argo. And this yeah. is actually correct. Natalia is correct. I went back to uh, Resist to, to rewatch it. And Lena is there with Lillian and Cyborg Superman. Remember him? He was yeah. a thing. He was a thing one time. Um, oh yeah. But uh, she's there in the red dress that she wears. Uh, I think to to marry Monel. Yeah. Um. And so they're all in the Fortress of Solitude talking about the Phantom Zone projector. I think, if my notes were correct. Uh. So she had been in the fortress before. So that is a huge. Yeah huge yeah. continuity gaffe yeah well i mean 
was it just at the entrance to the armory or um or was it were they somewhere else like was the security measure specifically for the armory well no that's a good point because i think they would want to keep the armory more secure than other parts of the fortress of solitude yeah and if it would apply to all um of superman's villains and their relatives i would be surprised if that it wouldn't go off for Brainy because he's a Brainiac. Well, maybe at this point, Superman has sort of programmed it to be like, no, this Brainiac is cool. Let yeah, this, let well, this one in. yeah, he he met him once <laughs> in Elseworlds. Like, maybe that was why he and Kellex hated each other so much. So, like, he recognized him and... Um, and he didn't like that. That was never explained, so I'm going to yeah, take that. Yeah, and we haven't seen Kellex again. I, I was really missing Kellex in this episode. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I think, probably uh, budget. I don't know. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not into this new robot thing yeah. in the fortress. Like, didn't like care for it. We just have hope. Like, that's the only robot I, that we have. I, I just... Uh, the, the Kellex was missing for sure. But yeah, I think bottom line with this continuity error is that Lena had been at the fortress, uh, not yeah. not mattering which room she was in. Uh, she was at an icy Kryptonian fortress of solitude yeah. before. And yeah, I don't know if she knew what it was. Did she get an explanation for that? The first time? I, I, I guess I kind of just assume that she knew what it was. Uh, because they were in an icy uh, area, but I think they yeah. knew. I think they were. I think they knew they were with Superman's Phantom Zone projector. Yeah. So that's the first one that Natalia wanted to talk about. So the second one was Myriad was thrown into space on Fort Ross at the end of season one. So how is it in the fortress? Did Kara off camera go to get it when she went back to Fort Ross in season three? Also, Kara's comment about wanting to destroy Myriad, but not being able to, don't really see what is stopping her from doing so, unquote. Uh, so th- those are all good questions, Natalia. Great point about Myriad. Uh, I don't know why she can't destroy it. Yeah, I just figured that it was made from, like, nth metal or something that Kara wouldn't have been able to destroy so that she couldn't have stopped Astra and Non originally. Yeah, I I don't know. I I just wish they would give us some more information about this kind of stuff because it yeah. is it is a little bit head scratching and yeah, good, good points about Fort Roz. These are things that Rebecca oh, has yeah. forgotten. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is why I make meticulous notes in my Google yeah. Docs because I and will I forget thought them. that maybe the Myriad device was left on Earth because they would have had to activate it to. Uh, zombify the humans um, and that it just didn't and it just stayed on earth and didn't go up into space with four bras so Lynn writes in saying quote I just don't get a lot of the CW's motivations for their characters or their lack of knowing their own, uh, own continuity I get it when it happens with the comics that have been around for decades but not TV shows that contradict themselves each season Lena's never been to the fortress. James's camera wasn't smashed to bits. And uh, Lynn even says that would have come across so much better if James had said, my dad gave me my first camera and I'd like to give you yours. Uh, superpowers that vary or just appear and expert knowledge of and have expert knowledge of said new powers, according to the story needs, unquote. 
Uh, so Lynn, those are all, all good questions. Uh, I have a lot of questions about how the show contradicts itself very quickly. Yeah. Um, and especially with this episode, it did seem to forget its own history. It's weird. Like the show wants to acknowledge season one, but then it forgets. Yeah. Uh, it forgets other things. Yeah. Uh, I guess that is, uh, maybe. I, I, I assume that maybe they'll have somebody in a writing staff that keeps up with this stuff. Maybe they have their own version of a Rebecca Johnson that keeps detailed, <laughs> meticulous maybe. Google Docs. I don't we can know. help. I, yeah. I mean, I will offer my services. The writers on the show, you can have access to all of my Google Docs. It's fine. Um, and there's also, uh, I think there's an Arrowverse Wikipedia that you can <laughs> check out if you need to. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So it's just it 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 is worrisome that they can't fact check those basic elements of like when did Lena uh, go to the fortress and then there's also a little bit of the responsibility on the actors because the actors have so much uh, ownership of the characters that you would think that uh, I mean I I would assume Katie McGraw would be like why is Lena acting like she has never been to the Fortress of Solitude? Hasn't she been here before? Uh, but I don't know. I guess sometimes when you're busy making these TV shows, you forget that kind of thing. I don't know. But fans fans are good. Fans catch things. Well, uh, Alex wrote in to ask, quote, What happened to Leviathan being a super powerful, omnipresent organization that is so secret it has never been recognized or even named? Yet within hours, both Kara and Lena identified them and Brainy figured out their mailing address, <laughs> unquote. Mm. Uh, that's an excellent question. I mean, yeah, yeah. They, they went right to Leviathan's um, front I mean, door. Nobody's, nobody's looked for uh, we would have to assume that nobody's looked for them before. That's probably since true. Since they are secret. And these are very smart characters, so I think they could figure something out. Yeah, I, I think that's pr that's probably a, a good way to go around that, that uh, people just weren't looking for Leviathan. It's fine. Uh, they, they're just used to being secret. Alanis writes, I find, uh, quote, I find it curious that we are exploring Kelly's trauma when she's a character that we barely know Instead of Kara, who is clearly in need of a therapist, unquote. It's, it's a solid point. I mean, Kara's, yeah. Kara's been through a lot of trauma. Everybody needs therapy. <laughs> They've been, <laughs> these characters have been through a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kara definitely, I think Kara could, could use someone to talk to, uh, for sure. And I know she mentioned uh, seeing William go through what he did with Russell and how that reminded her of Lena. And I think that, you know, William is a character at this point. I know a lot of people probably don't want a, a romantic relationship. I'm kind of open to it, but I'm kind of like, yeah. whatever. Uh, but, you know, my stance has always been Kara and happiness. That's what I ship. If, if William makes her happy, great. Oh, if yeah. he doesn't, I whatever. Um, but I think he is a character could be someone she could talk to about this kind of stuff with. Or even... Andrea, since Andrea had a falling oh, out with yeah. with I Lena. would like to see more of um, Kara and Andrea. But that would be really interesting because they're both friends of Lena who who um, Lena thinks betrayed her. I think that's a possible connection that you could you could you could tie them together as characters because I definitely think Kara needs <laughs> Kara definitely could use someone to to talk to and and lean on someone's shoulder about. 
All right. Well, our last email is from Courtney, who wrote in to ask, quote, how does Lena know how to reprogram the, uh, the computer in the fortress when I think she said whatever techno babble about <laughs> it has only been theoretical and it's absolutely alien. She's smart, but come on, let's be serious, unquote. Uh, it's, it's a solid point, yeah. Courtney. Uh, we we just assume like she she goes in there. She's got yeah. whatever she needs. But. I don't know. It just, it was very convenient that she had exactly the right technology in order to make that work. Yeah, she knew what she was doing. Well, we have some voicemails. Ladies of SGR, what is going on? It's your boy Lito from Twitter. So, here we go. Another episode. I will have to say that it wasn't my favorite, unfortunately. Um, I don't think it really got good to that sort of the last commercial break, right when uh, Lena finally confronted Kara and admitted the whole scheme of using her. Um, there were just some nitpicky-like things in the episode that I just wasn't really a fan of. I have to preface this. I have done acting in my past. So when I see inconsistent things, uh, it kind of just nags me. Like Brainy's cut on his face, which I didn't understand where the cut came from especially given the fact that he was not facing in the same direction as the explosion, nor did they show him, like, his head impacting the ground in any kind of way to cause what we later learn is a crack in one of his little glowy forehead globes there. Um, But I just was like, where did that cut come from? It just felt a little weird. Um, Some of the dialogue choices throughout the episode, you know, I can't – I'd have to watch it again to really honestly tell you which ones kind of gave me the cringies. But I just, I don't know, it, it just didn't, it didn't, it didn't wow me. Uh, like I said, until the last little bit. And I wish the entire episode was about Kara and Lena and that whole dynamic. Um, but I wasn't really buying Lena's excuse or, should I say, reasons for feeling the way she was feeling until she finally, you know, yelled out that scream about the killing her brother and then saying over and over how she was basically, you know, pleading and hammering at uh, hammering at home about how betrayal and lies are like the things that she, I guess, uh, was fearful and caused the most pain for her. Um, so overall, I will have to say, great episode in the last 10 to 15 minutes of it. <laughs> but it just, it, you know, that whole front beginning part didn't really wow me all that much. And I guess the uh, showrunners heard last week's, uh, well, not last week, two weeks ago's podcast when I said that the uh, Neo was a little bit overpowered because she wasn't even in the episode this time. Anyway, um, I wonder what you guys think, and I'm sure by the time uh, this voicemail is over, I will have already hurried on the podcast. All right, ladies, talk to you later. Hey, Supergirl Radio, Marisa here. So, yeah, we get into Leviathan, and for an organization that's supposed to be really unlimited and, like, insidious, it's apparently taken out really fast. When Supergirl's involved in the in the in, in the government, whatever. Sorry. Anyways, my main question is: Is this the fastest heel turn we've ever seen from villain to good guy? Because can you guys explain to me what happened? Like, did, did um, Malefic just see John's memories of him erasing his father's memories, or I, I don't quite get it. What made him like t- turn good? Like, what did John show him? Because I was kind of confused. Like. I thought he already knew that he erased the memories of, of, of people around him. So I was just, just more clarification. Also, um, question. Do you think Malvick's going to die in crisis? Cause I cannot see Phil Lamar being in the rest of season four as, uh, or else it's going to be like a season 
forced situation where it was just John and his dad most of the time. But anyway, thanks and have a nice day. Sorry for the mumbling. Bye-bye. So our first uh, question comes from Lido, who asks, where did Brainy's cut come from? So he uh, ends up getting a cut because of the explosion, the explosion. Uh, with Rip Rip Roar's, um I, I don't think Rip Roar's body was in yeah, it. Yeah, no, it was just the armor, I think. It was just arranged to make it look like a body, and then they blew it up. Right. So I think that was, I think we're just supposed to assume that it comes uh, from the explosion, but it did. Yeah, I was trying to rewatch that and see how, um, like, frame by frame that worked. Like, I thought maybe the um, debris from the explosion hit him in the face, but it didn't, um, it it wasn't clear. Maybe there was something cut out that um, showed where he got hit. Yeah, I think if you wanted to make a a big point about him being cut in the forehead, that should that should be made a little bit clearer. There should be a close-up shot of that happening to yeah, to really but, let the audience in. Yeah, but I did appreciate that he was blue and that the makeup did look I think it's the the best it's looked since um since maybe season three yeah i think it did look pretty good and i was glad to see it but of course it only lasted for two seconds so uh so we only got to see uh the the real look of brainiac five for for just a moment um so mauricio also has a question he wants to know do we think malefic will die in the crisis crossover so so what do you think me rachel do you think that uh malefic will die in crisis i don't know um I think somebody else might have pointed out or we discussed earlier that um, his story seems to be done or almost done. So he could sacrifice himself for his brother. I'm not sure if Lena uh, still needs him for her mm. um, experiments. Um, so she could she could kill him herself. Yeah, no, I, d- I don't think she does because she has his ability to incept people now. Yeah, so used expendable. Yeah. Um, but I do really like Philomar, and um, I hope he sticks around. He is a very excellent actor. I think he was Samurai Jack? Yeah, uh, Green Lantern, John Stewart, and um, and Static Shock. Uh, see, see, I, 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 I most think of him as Samurai Jack. Cause, uh, Samurai Jack, even though Samurai Jack doesn't talk much, yeah. <laughs> but I associate Phil Lamar more with Samurai Jack than anything. Um, but yeah, so I, I, uh, I think that... Uh, it it's always concerning probably as an actor if your story starts to wrap up. Uh, I would always uh, be uh, weary about that because you, you're either leaving the show or you're going to be killed off. You always want more story when you're an actor on a TV show. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that is all of our emails, but uh, before we wrap up our feedback, we need to make some snap judgments. In the game of snap judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. All right, so our first snap judgment comes from Anna, and this is... Uh, this is uh, one that's going to make us sad. So, what was sadder to watch? Kara crying as Lena was giving her speech 
or Kara crying in the kryptonite ice cube, not even trying to escape. So, new Rachel, what would you pick? Kara crying in the kryptonite ice cube because of the claustrophobia. Yeah, Kara crying in the kryptonite ice cube was just so devastating. So I am going to pick that one. All right, so the next one we have from Anna is, all right, so this one's a little complicated, so just stay with me. So yep. when Kara said to Lena, are you going to try to kill me? Was Kara's voice so small and defeated because she believed she deserved to die for hurting Lena? Or was she feeling Ooh. so devastated about her fear of losing Lena coming true that she wanted to die? What's your answer? I think she feels guilty. So I think I'm going to pick, if I had to choose one, I think I'm going to pick when Kara said uh, that she that her voice was so, so small and defeated because she believes she deserved to die for hurting Lena. I don't think she wants to die. I think no. she I think she just feels so guilty that she thinks she deserves to. If I yeah. had if I had to pick one that would be what I Yeah, pick. I would also go with that one. That was a that was a tough one. Um okay, so our next set of set of snap judgments is from Danae, who asks, "Why was this episode called Tremors? Because of the earthquakes or because of Lena's quivering lip?" So, new Rachel, what do you pick? What do you pick there? Um, I'm gonna go with earthquakes. I didn't think about the Lena one. I would like to think it's because of Lena's quivering lips. So that's the one I'm gonna pick. Uh, so that's there. You go. That's why it's called Tremors. Uh, so the second one from Danae is. What is Lena's best fortress look? So we kind of talked about her fortress look. Oh, now we yeah. now we get to make a snap judgment about it. So what is her best fortress look? This episode with the fancy coat or in the end of season 2 with her Daxmite wedding dress? Um I really liked the fancy coat. I think that is more more subtle than the wedding dress, but the wedding dress is the wedding dress makes a statement. Mm, that was, it, it makes a statement. I don't know if it's a good one, but it definitely yeah, makes a statement. Yeah, I don't know. It's a very interesting <laughs> look. So it, it looked more out of place in the Fortress of Solitude. So I think I'm going to have to go with that one. Yeah, she was very red. Very, she, yeah. she really stood out. You are not going to yeah. miss where Lena Luther was in that, that dress. That collar, that, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I, I'm gonna pick the fancy coat though. I think I think right. she was she was really working that fancy coat. All right. Yeah. So these snap judgments are from Emily, who asks Lena and Kara as friends or Lena and Kara's enemies. So that's that's like the big question. So what would you pick? I think enemies. I really um, I'm interested in that dynamic. Yeah, I like the back and forth with them as enemies. Yeah, I, I like if I, it means we get to see more of the acting come out between them i think yeah i think i think there's more more to play with as enemies um so yeah that's what i would pick so the next one from emily alex's casual asymmetrical hairdo or her slicked back deo hairdo what would you pick uh, i think i like the casual look uh yeah i think i'm gonna go casual asymmetrical hairdo i i always think the um uh, the slicked back Dio hairdo seems unnecessary. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just a signal that she's like in DEO mode. How does she do her makeup and do her hair like that? <laughs> like, how is that necessary for going to work? <laughs> These are the important questions that we're asking here. Uh, okay. So the last one from Emily uh, is when Brainy exclaimed, Great Scott! 
Did you immediately think of old Superman comics or Back to the Future's Dr. Emmett Brown? Uh, Back to the Future. I definitely thought of Back to the Future with Doc Brown. Yeah, like especially how people um, people would com- uh, compare Brainy's hairstyle in uh, when he first appeared to Doc, um, Emmett Brown. I also would think that Brainy has watched the Back to the Future trilogy. Uh, I don't know his feelings about the time travel aspect mm. of those movies, but... That's that's a good point. What would Bernie, yeah. what would Bernie think about <laughs> I that? I just want to see him reacting to time travel movies. That that's a just good question. All of that. that is a good question. Yeah. Um, uh, that's that's a that's a question that I want to put in my back in my brain if Morgan goes back to SDCC <laughs> to yeah. to do the roundtable interviews. I'm gonna think on it. Um, all right. So uh, this set of snap judgments is from Super uh, Supergirl writer who writes, uh, who do you think is right, Lena or Kara? Woo. So that's that's Ooh, another big that's question. That's complicated. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to pick one, though. I am Team Kara. Oh, man. Lena made such a good point about that killing Lex business. Um, I'm going to go Kara. I, I think Kara in the end really tried to do the right thing, and she's she never did it out of malice, and she didn't mean it. She even said in this week week's episode that she didn't intend to humiliate lena so i think lena's just blowing all this out of proportion so oh, yeah. i'm gonna go Kara on this one uh so supergirl writer also said what do you miss the most the danvers sisters or alex kicking butt oh okay Ooh, yeah um i think danvers sisters yeah i think i'm gonna go danvers sisters i had to think about that for a second because i was trying to remember if we've seen alex kicking butt lately yeah um we did see well that was malefic so i don't know if that counts oh right when she uh when he incepted her mm-hmm. uh malefalex malefalex yeah yes yeah. that's that's my favorite uh i i wish we could say that more often uh, yeah, I'm gonna go Danvers Sisters, because I always like to see the Danvers Sisters. Okay, so Gina has our last set of snap judgments. So the first one is, who acted their character's confession better? Lena and Katie in Tremors, or Kara Melissa in the season premiere? Ooh, um, I really loved, um, Melissa in the season premiere, and in this episode, um, but I think I'm actually going to have to go with Katie on this one. Oh, Twist! Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I think I'm going to go Cara and Melissa in the season premiere because she really dug in my heartstrings in that one. I because I'm I, I'm so connected to Cara as a character that oh, it just yeah. it just it just really got me. Although Katie did a great job in this week's oh, uh, sure. episode yeah. of Tremors, but I'm going to go with Cara uh, and Melissa in, in the season premiere. Okay. So the next one is better training scene with Supergirl, Supergirl and Jean from this week. Or Supergirl and Alex in season one. I did like some of Jean's moves, um, but I really missed that DEO um, training room with, like, um, I think it had kryptonite in it. It did, yeah. Yeah, that was really a, a interesting room. Yeah, that was a cool set. I am also going to yeah. go Supergirl Alex in season one, because there was more... Uh, there was, there was more, uh, sister dynamics there. There was yeah. more of the, like, the older sister training the younger sister, and Carl yeah. was more inexperienced, so she had to learn from Alex, and I don't know, I, I think the Supergirl Jean stuff is just, like, 
oh, well, they do this all the time, you know. Yeah, no we got deal. some good scenes in that room. Yeah, so I so I do miss the kryptonite room. So I'm going to say Supergirl Alex in season one. Okay, so our final snap judgment of the episode. Who is the better actress, Kara hiding being Supergirl or Lena hiding she wasn't hurt at all by the secret? Not at all. She, she wasn't hurt at all. Uh, so which one do you think played it off better? Lena. Yeah, I definitely think even though uh, even though <laughs> yeah. Lena said that uh, Supergirl was an excellent actress, I I mean I gotta give Some it up to Some of Kara's excuses were not the best. They were not great. She's not a great liar. Uh, yeah. Lena, however, excellent. She liar. tries, but <laughs> yeah, Lena is. Yeah, she says she doesn't want people to lie to her, but she's really good at doing it herself. No judgments on your snap judgments. All right. Well, that is going to do it for our thoughts and feedback and our snap judgments on yeah. uh, Tremor. So uh, thank you so much, New Rachel, for filling in for Morgan as a, a co-host this week. I am I always apologize to anybody who comes on Supergirl <laughs> Radio to, uh, to talk with me because I know you're missing out on the, the best parts of Supergirl yeah. Radio, which is Morgan. Morgan, so, Morgan and her hope voice. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you missed that. Uh, maybe maybe we'll have you back on when you can have the full Supergirl radio experience. That'd be fun because I, I don't want to do the Hope voice. I'm not going to do it as good <laughs> as Morgan. Yeah. Uh, so so I'm sorry, everybody. I apologize. There's no Hope voice uh, this week. Uh, you'll just have to wait when Morgan gets back. Um, but so, new Rachel, where can people find you on the internet if they want to keep up with you? Yeah, if you want to read more of my opinions. Um... You can find me on Twitter at RachelJoy23 uh, or on Tumblr at CycloneRachel, uh, C-Y-C-L-O-N-E hyphen R-A-C-H-E-L. Yeah, go give her a follow and uh, and uh, wow. th- thanks again for uh, for filling in. And uh, I'm glad wow. I'm glad that we can have more of our listeners on Supergirl Radio just because I, I think um, we've built up a little community. It's nice to see a lot of the same names pop up in the feedback and uh, so I really appreciate you guys, and I want I want y'all to feel like this is partly your podcast too. So uh, yeah, thank you. So maybe in in the future we can we can start doing more listener centric things. So uh, we'll we'll try to keep that in mind. Uh, so so uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll be thinking about that. All right, so if uh, you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252 and make sure to try to call in and write in before Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. That helps us get everything in the dock because uh, sometimes they get a little long, so make sure you get them in. Uh, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on uh, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the show. I think I'm a little bit behind uh, from adding tracks in, so I'm going to try to do that this weekend. Uh, we are also on Radio Public and Podchaser, and we are also on DC's fan page, which you which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. And we are available on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio, so if you have some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review. And big thanks to a user on Apple Podcasts uh, uh, who goes by the name of Raz, uh, R-A-S-7181, who uh, 
really enjoys the fact that Morgan and I crack each other up. So thank you so much. I'm glad that you enjoy the podcast and that uh, you enjoy the fact that basically really Supergirl Radio, and when I explain it to people, it's just Morgan says a lot of funny things (laughs) and I laugh at her uh, hilariousness. So I'm glad that someone appreciates that, that we laugh at each other. Uh, so yeah, it's really great. Okay, good. Uh, I'm glad because I, I personally enjoy it. Uh, but sometimes I don't know if other people do. So uh, thank you for leaving that review for us on Apple podcasts. All right. And, uh, and if you do, uh, since I did mention a lot of things, if you do uh, want to get all the links to all those things I just mentioned, you can go to supergirlradio.com on the right side of the page. And now we throw it over to the Macho Man for the DCTV plugs. Oh, yeah, this is the Macho Man Randy Savage. And I'm here to tell you that Supergirl Radio is a part of the DCTV Podcast Network. So if you like other shows on their network, like Arrow... The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, Black Lightning, Krypton, Batwoman, Titans, Doom Patrol, Swamp Thing, Stargirl, and don't forget the classic DC TV shows. You can subscribe to all this on DC TV Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, and follow at DC TV Podcasts on Twitter. And like DC TV podcasts on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Dig it. And you can follow me on Twitter at Derby Kid and Instagram at The Derby Kid. I recently just uh, took a wildlife photography class. So I've got some pictures up on my Instagram about that. I had some troubles. I'm not going to lie with uh, my manual focus. Uh, apparently with wildlife photography, most people do automatic focus for that which I've gotten so used to wanting to do cool stuff with my manual focus that I didn't really, I, I was like, man, I was like, autofocus? What are, what are you doing with autofocus? So I learned a lot with that wildlife photography class. So if you want to see the pictures that I took, you can check those out. Got a pretty good shot of a, a really uh, good model who was an owl. She she really knew how to, you know, look at the camera. It was it was actually pretty fascinating. Um, so you can check those out there. I'm also a contributor to JLU Podcast, which you can find over at jluniverse.podomatic.com. And you can hear me attempt some voice acting uh, for a sketch comedy podcast called The Fakest. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio on the episode of Supergirl titled Tremors. But until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. And remember, if you're ever visiting Leviathan's headquarters, make sure you take some dust from Majestic Tar Pits with you. (laughs) 